Shout out to Clarity for supporting this episode and providing us with the samples. I've been battling allergies for years now. Let me tell you, they've been a real ordeal in my life. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available release sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to ClaritinD.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible, because we're already doing it, all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. What's up, gang? Welcome to The Greatness Machine. I'm your host, Darius Mershazda. I'm so pumped to have you here with me. Now, listen, The Greatness Machine, we're about two things. Number one, people who are living their passions, and number two, those who are creating greatness in the world and doing both of these things despite the odds against them. Each episode, we're going to feature interviews with game changers, business leaders, you know, telling us their origin stories, what made them tick, what got them to where they are now. Why? So it can help you step into your greatness within your life, your business, and your career. Occasionally, you might hear a few solo episodes from myself, moi, as I say, as I leverage my 20 years of entrepreneurship as a CEO and founder to help you grow and level up in your journey to scale your life and your business. So come be a fly on the wall, enjoy the conversation, and I'm stoked to have you here with me. Uh, welcome to the Greatness Machine. I'm your host Darius Mershazde, and my man, we have my main man, Tucker Max here on the show. Tucker, welcome to the show, my friend. What's up, man? Thanks for having me, dude. Thank you for showing up, dude. I'm I was pumped to have you on the show. I, I kind of bombed you on the side. I saw you're on with Jeff, and I'm like, uh, you know, or doc, Dr. Jeff, and I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm getting Tucker's time. Boom. So, yeah. uh, dude, here we are. Do you mind if I do a minute of housekeeping, then we'll get started? Is that cool? It's up to you. Your show, man. Boom. Guys, hey, listen, the format of the show is quite simple. We're bringing together change makers from all over the world who are living their passion to create greatness. And my friend Tucker Max is neither short of nor passion or greatness. Um, guys, a couple of things. We are live. Start a watch party. Ask us questions. I got my team on standby. They're going to be shooting questions over our way. So uh, whatever your burning heart desires, shoot it over. I can't guarantee we'll answer them if I don't like them or he doesn't like them, we won't. But if we do, we will. Um, like I said, man, we have a very special guest. Um, I always like to kind of give my own little bio. So I, 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 um, I read Tucker's book. I hope this are beer in hell. Like right when it came out, when it was the number one New York times bestseller. And I was like, dude, I fucking love this guy. Like, I was like, this is, it was like an amazing book. I read it and I, I bought the next book and I was me and my friend, my actually my best friend, Dan Newhall referred me to it. He's like, you got to read this book. This is amazing. So, and it just reminded us of us at that time in our lives. And so, um, that was my introduction to Tucker. And fast forward to, gosh, almost 10 years later, um, I, I I have a good friend, John Rulin, who hits me up. He's like, hey, man, how are you doing? Um, can you, uh, you know, let's connect. So we connect and I'm telling him how I'm writing this book. And he's like, oh, you got to hook, hook up with my boy Tucker. And I'm like, 
oh, okay, cool. And, and then he tells me it's Tucker Max. I'm like, no fucking way. Like, I, I read his book. Like, I love his book. So, dude, you are a dad. You're a serial entrepreneur, founder of Scribe Media, Lion Press Publishing, amongst other businesses, award-winning author. You have not one, not two, but three, not four, three, but four New York Times bestselling books, dude. Like, you are quite an accomplished man. And and I really love what you're doing right now, bro. I'm going to tell you this, and I don't get to say this to a lot of my guests, um, a couple I have, but and you're one of them, dude. You, you're, you've literally changed my life. So I just want to thank you for that from the bottom of my heart. Seriously. Thanks, dude. I mean, you're the one who did the work, dude. Not well, uh, you know, like like hard work ha has its place, but guidance also has its place as well. And, sure. you know, I... I um, I, you and I met February of 2019, and I was like, hey, man. And we're both Austinites. For those of you guys that haven't recognized that Austin's literally like probably one of the best places in the world to live. Yep. Uh, my, my man Tucker in here, I li live in Austin. And so we met for coffee. I was so – you're so gracious to – you know, we didn't even know each other. It was just a quick recommendation. Met with me. And, and, and basically, you're like, look, why do you want to write a book? <laughs> And, okay. and, and, and what I love about you, and I always say this to people, because I, I, don't, I don't know if you know this, but I've referred a ton of people to Scribe um, and, and a lot of entrepreneurs, and I'm pretty obviously invested in the entrepreneurial world. And there's a lot of, you guys do a lot of work with a lot of really amazing entrepreneurs and nonfiction writers. And, um, and what I said is, this is at least my, my belief on you, and you know, we, we're not best friends, but we, I know you, you know, somewhat. And I said, I said, you know, Here's my what I want to tell you about Tucker and Scribe. It, he's not. He's gonna cut to. The, he's gonna cut to the chase, and there's no bullshit. And he's gonna tell you how it is, whether whether you like it or not. <laughs> you know. And and so, man, thank you for your honesty, and thank you for your guidance. And I'm so I, I, we wouldn't be doing this today if I if if we hadn't had that, hadn't that conversation that morning. So thank you. Of course, man. Thank you for for going on the on the journey, dude. A lot of people start the journey, not everyone finishes, and you you you're finishing strong, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to go hard or go home, right? Uh -huh. so I, I I don't know what the fuck you know. I, I was talking to Chip about this yesterday. Chip Conley was on the show uh, for those of you guys that watched, and and I said, you know, I got some personal shit to work on because I got this achiever mindset that uh, that I took away from the the company I just left, and I poured it one hundred and fifty fucking percent into my book. Yeah, and and so it's been a it's been quite the journey. Tuesday is the big day, and I thought, you know, I want to end this week with the guy that got me started on the journey. And uh, and here we are. So, dude, thank you. Anyway, uh, how are you doing? Good, man. No, no complaints. Very happy. So, I wanted, you know, I wanted to talk to you because, you know, one of the things, you know, one of my realizations in writing a book, and you've written many books and tons of success. Um, and, and I was talking to uh, Bob Glazer, who you know as well. He's another a scribe author. Um, I, I was talking to him about this. I said, man, writing a book is fucking hard. But 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 if you really want to get after it and make it successful, you know, getting it out there is like, in my opinion, like ten x the work. That that's it, that it can be. It can it, be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I, it, I think it depends on the goals, right? So I, I I at least my feelings are that if you want a lot of people to know about your book and really get it out there, and you don't have like some huge digital platform or you're not famous or something, like if you're a Darius, uh, I mean, I'm famous in my own head, but you know, like the world doesn't really know me yet, and so. If you want to go get that content out there, that's a lot of work. And I just wanted to hear your thoughts on like just the process and what are your thoughts around what, some of the things I'm saying? Yeah. So, well, it doesn't have to be. It can be, right? It, it, there's a great saying. It's both in movies and construction. Uh, uh, quick, 
uh, uh, or fast, cheap, good pick two, right? And so same thing is true with um, with uh, being high profile, right? You can do it fast and you can do it good. It's really expensive, right? Or you can do it good and do it cheaply and it's slow, right? And, and that's one of those things I think most people aren't willing to be consistent over a long period. If you are willing to be consistent over a long period, you're almost certainly going to succeed as long as you also have a clear positioning, right? And by positioning, I mean you are providing a clearly defined uh, desired value to a clear group of people who want it, right? And if you can do those things consistently over time, you will always succeed. Most people are neither consistent nor well positioned. And so that's why it seems like a lot of work or they don't know what to do, right? And, um, and we tell people this again, and it's so funny watching the evolution because everyone comes in like you, right? Smart, successful in their own field. They think they understand a lot of things and they do usually about their field. And then they come into this field and I walk them through everything. And then they're all, they all kind of look at me like, well, and they have doubts either about themselves or this, and then watch them as they go through the process, learn <laughs> everything and figure everything out. And then they're like, yeah, you told me all of this. I wish I'd just listened. And I'm like, I know. I, that's why I always tell people you're not going to listen, but if you do, this will go better. And that's one of those things, man. Like you're starting now with like trying to build your own platform and you're doing a great job. You're off to a great start. If you're just consistent yeah. uh, and keep doing it, it will work. Yeah. You know, it's funny. And, and, and like, this is probably why I said what I said before. I actually thought because you guys really laid the, the book writing process out so, so, so well I was like, I jammed through that and, yeah. I, and, and I just listened. Like I was so coachable and I was like, yeah. I, were, I literally like, I think I did. I think I got my book, the first manuscript done, like my vomit draft in my book, which I love that you guys call it a vomit draft. Uh, the, the reason that they call it, a, can you tell them why you guys call it a vomit yeah, draft? Yeah, so, so uh, the rough draft, your first draft, what we tell people to do is to write it and not to read or edit it as you write yeah. and, and because then you'll get stuck in editor mode and you'll get stuck and you'll never finish. And so we, t we tell you to just get it out. And so we call it a vomit draft because when you're vomiting, you're just trying to get it out, right? Yeah. Same thing with your first draft. Yeah. And it, can't, it doesn't have to look pretty. You no. just like, no one's trying to look no pretty. No one looks good when they vomit. Just <laughs> get it out. Um, and so what's funny is, so I'm in, uh, there's this program that Scribe does called Guided Author, which is really like a coaching program around, around writing your, your book. Yep. Right. And a lot, and some business authors want to write their own books. Some want to work with a ghostwriter or a co-writer. Um, and, and when we first met, I was like, look, man, I'm so picky on words. And I hired people to work with me in the past and I end up rewriting all their stuff. Like, I'm just going to write my own book. And you're like, yeah, you should do that. But it's, you know, that, that, like that's if that's what you want to do. And and I'll say this, like the my rough draft, my vomit draft, I got it out like I started April 8th and I was done by June 25th with that version. Yeah. And and and, and it was like 20, I was writing like 2,500 words a day. My book was about a 45,000. Your book was in your head though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like True. you knew what you wanted to say. There's maybe 20 to 30% of people come in like that. And then the rest generally have to, even if they have a really good idea, they have a lot to develop. You didn't have much ideas to develop. No, no. It was it, even, 
even from that, I think I ended at like 48,000 words and I only cut about 4,000 words. And, and I was throwing out, I was very like, I wasn't married to any of it. I was willing yeah. to cut a lot. Um, yeah. So yeah, that was quick. And then, and then I, and I was just coachable, man. Like you guys did such a good job. I, I can't say this enough. And when, and I would, so we're on this like private Facebook group and I see people kind of get stuck and I talked to some of them offline. I don't know if you know this. So, so because I, they're, they're like hitting me up cause they're seeing that I move fast and dude, I, this is literally what they're doing to me. They're like, but, 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 yeah. but, like, <laughs> right, right. Like, like <laughs> they do like, the same thing to me. Here's exactly what to do. Okay, but I don't want to do that. So what do I do? <laughs> and, and I was like, I was like, I, I, I hate to fucking tell it to you, but all I did was listen to Tucker. Like, like, like Tucker said, do this, and I literally like didn't doubt one word he said, and I followed it to a T. So you know what they keep telling me they're doing? They're like editing while they're writing. Right. And like, and, and they come to me. They're like, I'm not following your instructions. And it's not working. So yeah. can you tell me what to do? Yeah. Follow the instructions. Okay, yeah. but if I don't want to follow the instructions, I'm just like, like but 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 I like to edit when I write. I'm like, what are you, a professional <laughs> fucking writer? You know, and, and you said that, right? We're in our workshop. Oh, I know. I explain I go into depth detail why this doesn't work. And it's all video. You can watch it all again and again and again if you want in more detail. We have weekly calls. It's impossible to not finish unless you have decided you are going to sabotage yourself. And a lot of people do. A ton they of do. Them. A ton of them. And yeah. I and I watch them and I'm and I'm telling you I'm, I'm I'm talking to them. And I just said, listen, and this is how I figured this is uh, and, and I don't know if you want to like rip this off because this worked with two people I talked to. I said, look, the left side of your brain and the right side of your brain do two different fucking jobs, right? And the writing is not, and the editing are on different sides of your brain. One's analytical, one's creative, yeah. right? Uh -huh. So I'm like, you can't be doing creative shit, analytical shit at the same time. It's just like, at least I can't, you know? And and I said like, I said, so, and dude, by the way, I fucking hated editing. Like, because I like writing. I don't like yeah. editing, but I, but I knew it was a necessary thing to get a good book out. And, um, but anyway, they, they, that was it. I could just kept seeing them. And I told him, I said, look, there was 20 people in my class and, and I was the, I think I was the first one to finish out of my group. I'm pretty you definitely sure. were. You definitely yeah. were. And I said, and you guys want to know why I was the first one? Because I fucking listened to Tucker. Like, <laughs> so, so, you know, that conversation's happening behind the scenes. Uh, good. Good. <laughs> um, but so for me, I love the writing process. I love the publishing process and the creativity. By the way, dude, you, uh, you're you going to see this right now. Boom. I know. I've got one here. This Where is, is it? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. The, this is the offset. This is the, the beauty. Oh, oh. Yeah, dude. So I'm going to send you one of these. That's the print on demand. This is Yeah, the, this is the POD one. This is the laminate. And it's got like, check this, check this out. These bad boys out. It's got black end sheets. Sexy, still sexy. Oh, nice. Yeah, I've got the white ones. Yeah, dude, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I want to send you one. I got a gift to send you. Um, anyway, I'm gonna say this. Uh, this is, I, I can't speak highly enough about the company you guys have built. I really Thank you. like you guys have such a badass group. Erica Hoffman's my was my my account manager. I actually don't know what gift to send her at the end of this because I've been such a fucking pain in the ass to her. I, I have to be one of your biggest high maintenance clients. It, it, you, I, dude, you don't even show up on the radar. Really? You don't even show up on the radar. Oh you have God. no idea. Really? <laughs> no idea. Dude, I literally was like, Never. thought I was the worst client to you guys. No. No, I promise you. You like, uh, I promise you, Erica probably loves you. I have, I have not talked to her about you, 
But um, she comes to me uh, about the problem clients that go through Guided Author because I know them so well. Yeah. Your name has never come up. Okay. All right. That makes me feel better. I actually felt bad because, uh, I, you know, like during the writing process, I was fine. But during the publishing process, I, I'm just particular, right? And here's what I, I want to say that was so good about you guys. I am so particular, right? So particular. And so the woman that designed my book cover, she gives me like 10, 10, 10 like rough draft, first versions. And I'm like, I don't like any of these. And I swear to God, that was my answer. Yeah. And, and they were all great. They weren't, it wasn't that they're bad. It's just that I'm a picky aesthetic motherfucker. It, it happens. And, and then I said, here's what I like. I show her two things. She comes back, dude. I like the next 10, all of them. Yeah. And, and that's how good she was that she iterated off a second iteration and yeah. all of them I liked. And I was like, but then the, the one I liked the best was this beaut. And I it's, was like, it's good. It's a cool book cover. Dude. It's a good cover. It's good. It's catchy, yeah. you know? Yeah. And then. I started going down the, the so dude when you're when you're ever, like the design and making it look good and the print and all that stuff dude the print make the printing side is very very detail oriented I don't think people realize when you open a book and touch it and look at the mm -hmm. pages and look at the images and see the fonts all that stuff is part of the experience I yes. I, I didn't realize it yes I have such a different appreciation around books now than I did before I started this yes. And, and so I was like, what? So what happened was that I did print on demand and I was like, all right, this is cool, but this little thing's off here, this little thing's off there. And and your team came to me and they're like, dude, we could tell like, you're like, you have these certain aesthetic, you know, like tactical things you want. You got to do offset because yeah. you, got, you want too much custom stuff. Yeah. And, and, and I did. I and, and And they took me right there. So my biggest, my biggest thing about you guys that I loved as I was like on the ball, always accommodating to within fairness and know your shit inside and out. I mean, inside and out. Like I've been so fucking impressed, man. I just, I, I can't gush enough. You guys have a killer business and I'm so proud to work with you guys. Thank you. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. We've, it's been a hard, hard job to get here, man. It's not easy. But... This episode is brought to you by Shopify. In the world of successful partnerships, names like Procter and Gamble, Ben and Jerry and supply and demand echo through business history. But when it comes to growing your business, who are the perfect partners? That's you and Shopify. <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. We're talking from launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the, did we hit a million dollar order stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling shipping supplies or promoting productivity programs, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Picture this, a time when my business was facing a tough hurdle and I wasn't sure how to break through. But then came the breakthrough moment, a game changer that took my business to the next level. You know, what I absolutely adore about Shopify is its unparalleled ability to adapt and grow with your ambitions. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 75 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Darius, all lowercase. That's D-A-R-I-U-S. Go to shopify.com slash Darius now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Darius. 
Shout out to Clarity for supporting this episode and providing us with the samples. Hey there, friends. It's Darius from Shazda here, and I have a little confession to make. You see, I've been battling allergies for years now. And let me tell you, they've been a real ordeal in my life. Allergies have been my constant companion. It stopped me from fully enjoying the little things in life, from canceling plans with friends because of sudden allergy attack to missing out on an outdoor activity because of the sneezing fits. Allergies have been a real nuisance. Luckily, for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing and a runny nose, itchy, watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. I've been a Claritin D user for many, many years now, and let me tell you, it's made a world of difference. Since I started using Claritin D, my symptoms have improved dramatically. Now I can breathe easier, enjoy outdoor activities without worrying about sneezing fits, and truly live my life without being held back by allergies. Ready to live as if you don't have allergies, it's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter now. You don't even need a prescription. Go to ClaritinD.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear uses directed. And, and and so it's funny, like I get hit up, like I said, I, a lot of people know that I that I that I like you guys or that I've worked with you guys. And so what's happening now is I'm getting hit up by a lot of people. And they're like, what do you guys think about what do you think about Scribe? Like, what do you think about Linecrest? And I'm like, boom, 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 boom. They're like, can you say one thing you didn't like? And I'm like, nope, zero. And I'm like, I'm gonna tell you this. Like, I can always find something I don't like. And I couldn't find one with you guys. So, dude, I, I'm done gushing over you guys. This is like I know it's like an infomercial for us, <laughs> dude. I, listen, this has been in my head. Like I'm sitting here, and, and you know, what I said, I said, dude, this like here's the thing most people don't understand about a book launch, and or a book, a book launch, book publishing, all this is like, dude, this is like a two year fucking project minimum, yeah. Yeah. right? That's like if you're like, yeah, you could write the book and get it out in a year, I'm sure, but if you're like being me, this is a two year project. I probably could have got it done in 18 months or maybe a little less, but, but. That's a big, that's a lot. That's a dude. That's like 5% of my fucking life. Right. You, you went to the workshop April of 19, right? Uh, I finished May, March 29th of 19. No, no, no. I'm saying your workshop. Were you the February 19 or the April? I was March cohort. Yeah. March cohort. Dude, you are 18 months. Oh yeah. Yeah. 18 months. September of 2020. (laughs) Sorry. COVID fucked me up. (laughs) I know, dude. Seriously. In my mind, I'm like, ah, yeah, we're just coming out of winter. It's like, what are you talking? No, it's we're, fall. We're going back, we're going back to winter. <laughs> uh, yeah, 18 months, right? Like, yeah. eight, and 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 I was like, dude, I was being competitive. I'm like, I'm gonna get this thing out one year. Now, in my own defense, like, dude, I stepped down as CEO of my company. I kind of, I started dragging my heels on the book. So I'm like, what? I'm, I'm like, I'm publish my book. I don't even know what the hell I'm doing with my life. And so I, I did slow down the process a lot. So you guys were moving as fast as I was going to move. <laughs> But um, and COVID, COVID kind of slowed some things down. Also, I think with yeah, for everybody, for everyone, yeah. But um, it's an, it to work with the counterparty to produce like like I'm going to put this into perspective. I built a custom home here in Austin, and it took me the same amount of time as it took me to do my book. Wow! <laughs> like like just just to put it into perspective, like like that's a long time to work with with counterpart. That's a yeah, long time for a you project. You get to know them very well. So. <laughs> So like, so like, that's why I said, I can't, I don't have one bad thing to say about you guys. And that's after having worked with you guys for that long. So we, you know, it's just one of those things where, what do you think it is about you guys that, that does that? I mean, what, what is it about 
scribe media that that produces this type of a reaction from it. I'm a I'm a pain in the ass, hard ass, super fucking high expectation person. Right. Why, why am I so, saying all the great things? So there's one thing, and it's my genius. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But I'm totally kidding. No, so honestly, man, it has very little to do with me because um, when I started the company, like the process of writing books hasn't changed much. So it was my genius that helped create that. But the amazing customer service and all that is not me at all. We were not like that when it was me and Zach. That's mainly um, Javon McCormick, the CEO, the guy I hired uh, to replace me. He came in and he is a genius at customer service and understanding people. And he really built that whole process and then hired the people to run it and then trained, coached, and mentored them. And then they, you know, like, uh, uh, you know, Megan, who, who trained Erica. And like, it, it really, I have almost nothing to do with it uh, in terms of why it's so smooth, why it works so well why complicated stuff runs well. The only thing that I really helped uh, uh, was understanding the psychology of people like you. Although Javon is also awesome at that. Um, See, you think you're a pain in the ass, but you're not. And I'll tell you why. Exacting is okay. As long as you're rational and you make sense, uh, which you do, you're like, you're you're, uh, so easy to work with in that everything you do and say makes sense. The problem clients, the place where I really come in and really help are are the ones for whom what they say does not line up with what they're doing and they have deep emotional issues that they are working out through the book. Right. Uh, Those are the problem clients and you are nothing like that, dude. Right. And so like. Those are the ones that that it's actually why we have such a good process is um, we it's partly because people like you who are very exacting. So like we got to have our shit together to work with exacting people. But it's the the I say, quote, worst clients, the ones who really want their dad to love them, but are writing a book about tax policy and like they're trying to work on. How do you understand those people? How do you deal with those people when when you can't just say rational, like uh, hard truths to them? Like, like like we can with you. Anyone who can accept truth, we can work with easy and they're always going to love us, right? But learning how to deal with all of the people who, ha- who are working out their emotional issues through the book, if you can do – if we can do B plus with them, we're A, a to A plus with everyone else. And so um- – yeah, no, it's good to hear that because I actually, I'm telling you, I did feel a little bad. I thought thought I was being a pain in the ass, but uh, so now, now I feel good. I'm not a pain in the ass anymore. Um, no, but, not compared yeah. to the actual pains in the ass. No, <laughs> no, it's funny. I'm thinking about it because I see a lot of the comments on Guided Author and I, and, I, and I hear what you're saying, which is like, dude, like what your problem is has nothing to, it has everything to do with why you're not successful with your book. Um, so let me ask you a question. Like people, you know, having you, you came up in the publishing world, you know, you went to law school, came out, started writing these books that, that, you know, three books that were number one on the New York times bestseller, a fourth one that made the list. Like that's ridiculous. And and so, you know, what, like in your own experience, you know, how did that, how did you go from that world to deciding to go on the business side of it? You know, what's funny is I never saw myself as a writer. It's actually why I succeeded as a writer is I never identified as a writer. As soon as you identify uh, as a, it's not as true anymore. 
but uh, 20 years ago when I started writing, like in 2002, um, you know, like the only way to be a quote writer was to uh, live the writer's life, whatever the hell that like all like fancy elitist obnoxious uh, nerds think that means. And I never identified with any of that. Like it never made sense to me. Uh, what I cared about writing was a medium for me, both for creative expression mm-hmm. and actually for working on some of my issues. I mean, shit, I was writing memoirs. So of course I was working on my issues, but really my books were entertainment. So my books had a job to do. It was inter- my all my writing had a job to do. Entertain first. It started with my friends. Entertain my friends, and then it turns out that the writing that entertained my friends also entertained millions of people. Right, and so I looked at writing as a job, right, and not as a job like people are like oh I hate my job as like this is a thing that has a job to sort of like um like Enzo Ferrari looked at Ferraris as like. I'm not trying to design the best car ever. This is a a race car that has to be beautiful, right? Is it, this car is a job to do. It must go very fast and it must be beautiful. Okay, fine. My writing must make my friends laugh. And what like most writers look at what they do as an identity. Well, I'm supposed to have these opinions or I'm supposed to do X or I'm supposed to look a certain way. And I never gave a shit about any of that, which is why my writing works. And it, it, the reason is I came, dude, I went to, you know, University of Chicago for econ and then almost worked on Wall Street, almost went, went into consulting. Thank God I didn't do either of those. Went to, to Duke for law school. And so I came out of the business world and I stumbled into writing. And dude, nothing about the artistic creative world makes sense from a business perspective. You have to actually understand all the stuff behind it all the status games and the games that elites play to understand the, 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 the business world of it. And so it took me a while to get it. And then once I got it, I was like, well, I can do better than this. <laughs> I can right. do way better than this. And I, you know, there were a couple fits and starts. I did a couple small companies didn't work one that did okay. And I sold and like, uh, for very little, but like, um, it really was, it just boiled down to what is the company that I wish had existed when I started writing. And then I just started building that. And, and so let's say scribe had existed in 2001. Would you have taken, I hope this are beer and Helen brought it to scribe. Of course, hundred percent. And, and how, so, so, so having done that, how do you think that would have changed your ability to make it the book it became as far as not necessarily the writing of it, but the, the platform for launching it, it it would have been, I wouldn't have changed it that much. Like, I, I mean, I can just tell you, like, so David Goggins has sold about half as many books as I have, uh, which is amazing because this book's only been out about a, uh, coming up on two years. Right. He sold uh, about half the number of books I have. He has made from his books, man, at least twice, I think three times as much money as I have. So, so he, like, his total amount made is 3x my total amount made on 50% of the books sold. So did did you have a platform to promote your book on before? Yeah, I, I did. So uh, like, because uh, I, I, I put all my writing up for free on a on a, a website before the word blogs existed. Like right. I had my site up in 02 and then I had an email capture. So I had an email list. This is before anyone really, 
direct marketers understood email, but and people selling like you know like crappy shit. But I didn't. And so when my book, my book uh, hit the bestseller list for two weeks in a row, the first two weeks it came out based just on my email list, Wow! Uh, which was like, I don't know, 75 or 100,000 at the time or something like that. And so like I had built a platform because all the mainstream writing outlets would not hire me or give me any traction. Like Maxim refused to publish anything. Like none of the, the mainstream media paid attention to me. Because I didn't care about what they said was important. I cared about making people laugh. And right. so, like, my writing did a job. It did it well. Audience came to me. Like, I figured all this out almost by accident, ass backwards. Interesting. You know? Okay, that's that. So, so when writers come to you, and maybe this is one of the reasons why, like, when we talked, it was like, why do you want to write the book, right? And 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 I found, you know, I I before we had lunch that day, I did a bunch of research and you have so much, so much great content about like what you should expect from the, from writing a book. Like for instance, last night I read one of your articles around what's the typical number of books a, a nonfiction writer sells yeah. right in their first week, in the first year, first couple of years. We have a whole blog post about that. Yeah. It's a great, great blog post. And, and, and um, you know, I've been out there just slanging, right? I sold 4,000 books, right? Which just, is astounding. <laughs> For an unknown to sell four thousand books before the book's book comes out is nearly impossible. So I, I, I appreciate you saying that because I was like, it was a lot of fucking work, and I just got, I just went out there and milked what I had. I have no, I didn't have a list, I didn't have any of that shit, dude. But I have a, I have a big network of CEOs who are friends, and you can sell. <laughs> and I'm, yeah, sell. <laughs> and, huh? and, and yeah, and, and and dude, and I'm a passionate guy, and so I talk to them, and they're like, dude, I'll buy, you know, I'll buy hundred books, I'll buy fifty books, I'll buy twenty books, I'll buy, I had a couple of guys buy five, four, five hundred books, and so that what I was gonna say is like. That's that's not what most people should expect. Is, is at least from my experience. No. What, what are your what are your thoughts on what should a new author expect if they're just putting it out there to get the content out of their head to build something? Most people are writing a book probably for legacy or to get their ideas out to the world, right? No, most people are writing not like you. Uh, most people that, that those are more your reasons, and th those are very valid reasons. And a lot of people have those, but there's usually a little further down the list. Most most of our clients, the number one reason is for business, right? Okay. They want to generate business, right? Either for themselves, like they're a, a sole proprietor, or they have a small company, or they don't have a mid-sized to large company. They want to generate an ROI off of the book. And the ROI usually goes either book gets them media, which gets them ROI, like clients, or book gets them clients directly, right? One, one or the other or both. Right. And that's the main reason. And that's why we, we tell people like the best thing you can do if you want to generate ROI, like financial ROI off a book is not worry about book sales. The best thing you can do is write a very niche book that is very valuable to a small group of people that you serve in your business. And then, because then you'll have no competition, you'll have the only book on that topic to that group, or or either the only or the best, right, or one of the few. And you then it makes marketing easy because you can, you know exactly where those people are. You can get the book in front of them very easily, right? You're not trying to compete with uh, with all media for all eyeballs. You're only trying to compete with all, for a few eyeballs on one topic, right? Right. And 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 then. It's pretty easy to then establish yourself as the authority in that, and those people come to you. So, like a really good example is um, a guy, Michael Mogill, 
who you should probably have on your show. Michael's really smart. He has a huge agency that does video for attorneys, right? Mm -hmm. And he could, like everything, his book is about how to use video to, to really level up your, your law firm and to really get like tons of clients. And he, everything he teaches, he his agency has, I think, a couple doctors and a couple dentist clients like that, that are friends. That That's like 5% of their thing. Everyone else is lawyers. And, but everything he teaches could be used for professionals. But he called the book The Game-Changing Attorney, not The Game-Changing Professional, because uh, he attorneys aren't going to read a book for the, how, all, how all professionals can market. But right. if you're, if you're, uh, there are going to read a book about how attorneys can market, right? And so the book is probably done. I forget what, like five million dollars in business for him in wow. terms of like the, the the he's like at least I think last time I talked to him it was at least five million that he could directly attribute to like either attorneys or large or mid to large large law firms now. Read the book, and then of course they're not going to implement it. They're going to go. Some of them do. Right, it's like a lot of people write their book based just off the free content we put out, and that's fine. But most of them are like, okay, get this guy on the phone. We we need to hire his firm, right? And so he's probably only sold. I'd be shocked if he's sold uh, half as many books as you've sold before your launch. And his book's been out a year and a half or two years, right? He's probably sold two thousand books, but he's made five million dollars from the book. Wow. Now that's not the only way to make money on the book. It's not the only way to profit. But the majority of our clients look at a book as a marketing tool that they use to promote them and their business, as opposed to they don't go get in the business of marketing books like you have. <laughs> uh, that's not, it makes sense, right? And it was funny when I came in, I was like, I'm like, I, I kind of noticed that. I'm like, I'm like, uh, I'm running my company. Like, this is just something I really just want to do because like, people keep asking me about this. And, and right. you asked me why. And I said, oh, I, I always want to write a book. And this is something that's important to me. I want to get it out to the world. So, but it was funny when I was in the class, I realized most people, it, some people had that. But to your point, most, it was to promote what they were doing. It was a, it was a, uh, a I say like a really expensive uh, business card, right? Like, mm -hmm. like, like that tells a story, right? So, um, especially if it's written well. Now, I want to tell you this funny thing. Now, you, you got a, a hard stop here in, in five minutes. We we, if we have to, we can keep going. Some we can run over a little bit. Just yeah. this is this is juicy. Um, so I start getting getting my book out to a bunch of my friends, right? They're like early readers, and and so there's two things I, I realized it was I was like, dude, I don't like most people were like, yeah, give me the book, and then they they wouldn't read it, right? And I was like. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, why'd you ask me the book? Like, yeah. like so, so they will eventually, but like, it, they're like, oh, send me the book. I can't wait to read it. And I'm like, oh, hey, what do you think? They're like, oh, I haven't got to it yet. Yeah. Month later, hey, I haven't got to it yet. Month later, oh, I haven't got to it yet. I was like, I'm like, hey, um, okay, man, like, like, what do I need to do to? Do you want the cliff notes? I'm like, what the hell? Why'd you ask for the damn book? Uh, but so I thought that was kind of funny. But this is the actual, the funniest thing. So a cup, one of my buddies who's a CEO, big reader, loves right. business books. And, he, and Marco, if you hear this, you're going to laugh right now. So he's from Serbia and he's got a little bit of an accent. He was you know, moved to Canada during the, you know, the, the war that happened in, in the nineties. And, uh, and, and I go, Hey Marco, uh, what do you think of my book? He goes, you, you know, Matt Darius, I just got to tell you, bro. Like I, I, I was really expecting your book to suck. <laughs> But dude, like you're like a Hemingway, man. 
It's like, that was a great book. Now, that was the first person that said that to me. And I was like, uh, oh, thanks. <laughs> like, like I didn't, I, like, I didn't know how to take it. I'm like, you're kind of like, I didn't, ex like, I, I thought my book was a good book. Right. Yeah. I didn't expect that people would think it sucked. Like, I didn't expect other people to think it was going to suck and then be surprised. They like most it. business books suck. Darius. Dude, they, they do. Tucker, I've, I've gotten that response 20 times now. Yeah. Everyone's like, I didn't expect. It's not personal. It's not you. No, I know. I I, I, I took it personally to start with, though, because I was like, what do you like? Okay. So that book. I'm sure you're in this uh, category. I'm sure you've had friends who wrote books and sent them to you and you read them and you're like, this sucks. Yeah. Like, you got to stop reading in the first chapter or whatever. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Uh, every, like, oh, you're right. I just hadn't thought of it like that. I read the first, I, I read the intro and I'm like, oh, this sucks. And then I stopped reading it. Right. So, so I didn't know, like, I was just naive. I just assume, I just, I don't know, man. And maybe people lie to each other, but, but and I, you know, you're right. I lied to them and tell me I liked their book. Right. <laughs> of course you did. It's why people don't send me their book or ask me what I think unless they actually want to know. Like, and because and they know, no, Tucker's going to tell me the truth. And I'm not sure this is good. I don't want to know. <laughs> I don't want to know what he says. Yeah. All, right, all right. I want the truth. Have you read my book? Uh, no, I have not yet. Oh. I, you know why, though? I gave it to my wife. Uh, has she reached out to you yet? I don't think so, no. Okay. So she runs a mastermind for nurse practitioners who own their own business. And this is true. You can ask her. She's like, what's the book? Uh, like, She's like, I want to teach NPs. Because they, they all have, you know, like uh, anywhere from five to a hundred people that work for them in their practice. Right. And none of them know how to build a culture, right? They're all good people. They're not, and, and they're like, what's the book? I'm like, it doesn't exist, but we've got one in process. This is whatever it was, six months ago. And I actually went onto our, uh, I didn't even tell you this. Uh, I, I went onto our, you know, our system. I pulled out the PDF because it was at PDF stage. So it was passed. And I right. gave it to her. She's like, this is amazing. When's it coming out? And I'm like, I don't know. It'll be a few months when it comes out. So I, I just got your book, uh, whatever, a couple of weeks ago. Right. Um, it's over here on her area, her little, because uh, she's uh, reading it. Because she's, I think she's going to reach out to you and, and wants you to come speak to her mastermind. Oh, I'd, I'd love to do it, man. Um, I would love to do it. Do you know um, uh, the the GoBundance guys? Yeah, of course. I know them real well. You know, I Chris spoke Ryan. there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I had heard you were involved there. So do you know Chris Ryan, the new president there or CEO? No. no. So so. So he he's just got brought in from Tiger Twenty One to be a CEO there, and and so he uh, somehow I got escalated up to him because I was checking him out like just a friend referred me to him because like oh they're in Austin they're a cool bunch yeah. of good guys you like them David Osborne and those guys yeah they're good yeah yeah so so um, yeah I I I haven't met him but I've heard good things about him and so Chris gets the book and he and he reads he's like you know how this goes Darius you read the first chapter. And the closing and the last chapter. And if it's good, then you buy the book. And I'm like, I, I'm like, dude, I didn't know people do that. I didn't know there was like a system to like reading books. Yeah. Right. And he's like, he writes to me because the first line of my book is, I hate this company. And he's like, best hook I've ever read since Jerry Maguire. <laughs> and then he goes, dude, I read your first, your intro, your first chapter, and your last chapter. And he's like, I, I, this is little, I'm not joking, Chris. Thank you for this, by the way. He's like, I want 300 bucks, and I want you to come speak to our members. That dude, it was literally that easy. And, and I was like, I, I didn't expect it either. I was like, whoa. And and so and, and I and I got to give that to you guys, man. Like you guys really did help me create a great book. So anyway, it's been it's been such a cool journey with you guys. And 
I, I, I don't know if you knew that this was just going to be a me bowing down and, and uh, I, I did not no. try, but I, I didn't know it was going to be either. I just like, you know, I've been working on this thing for 18 months and you guys have been such great guidance um, in that. Um, yeah. I didn't realize that everyone hates their business buddies books. <laughs> yeah. Well, Cause it, and then one out of 20 will be good. And then it's such a, a relief. You're like, Oh, thank God. This is good. I can tell you, I don't have to lie to you. Like we can talk about it. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. I could totally be authentic and not have to like lie through my teeth to you that, that you're right. great. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? Like, so for someone like myself now, that's, in Never Neverland, I'm I'm just out there like you know I even you you're like what, what's your deal why are you doing all this <laughs> I think we talked a couple months ago and I'm like I don't know man I'm just doing it like like I, I do love the book and I love the content and I want to get it out there and it's getting traction but for for someone that that maybe is is doing it because they they, they not necessarily as a business card or to generate business but they really want to get the content out there and make it turn into something let's just say it's a passion project right what, how do you guys view or what's your view on like trying to make that turn that into something. Yeah, so we, we Zach, uh, my co-founder, I think you, you talked to like he, that's he built the entire author marketing wing of our company, right? right? Because like, which is now close to half our revenue. Uh, we don't even advertise it pub publicly. It's like we only take clients who did books with us for that, um, for that wing. But like, because there's so many people like that who want to once either they get a taste of like media and of attention with a book, and they're like, oh yeah, this is amazing. It brings in all kinds of revenue or all kinds of other stuff and they're, they're totally on board or there are people who are like yeah it's a passion project or, or whatever but i want to become i want to build my per, my personal professional brand I, I want this to be my thing so so we have a whole wing that helps people do that it's totally doable and i will say man if you there is nothing wrong with saying this is just something i love doing it's a passion project and i'm going to do it for that reason and that's it that's totally cool as long as that's the fucking truth, because right? I hear so many people who were like, yeah, it's a passion project. I just want to help people. But what they actually want is to be famous and they're desperate for attention and validation and fame. And it's like, if that's actually the driving force, then I'm going to tell you different things to do than if this is actually a passion project where you just love doing the work. Either ones are valid. No judgment about either one. But they are, there's different strategies to approach them, right? If you, it, it, Gary Vaynerchuk and James Altucher do very different things because they have very different, they're meeting very different needs and desires in themselves, right? And neither one's right or wrong; they're just different. What, what like, yeah, like, like, let's use them as an example. And I, I don't know if you feel comfortable doing that, but like, what do you like? Let's say someone wants to be the next Gary Vee or the next James. Like, what, what, how are they going to approach that differently than the way you, uh, uh, someone that's trying to get more business through the door? So, if you're trying to get more business, you want to niche down to again to like I provide video services, uh, marketing services to lawyers, right? Like Gary, Michael Mogill wants to be uh, not quite Gary Vee, but a combo of like Gary Vee and Altucher, two lawyers, right, who have law firms. Right. And he is. He runs his event. The I, the last one before COVID had 2,000 people, like lawyer, all lawyer. Like he's wow. huge in that niche, man. Wow. And it was not hard for him to be because he's like, he's an engaging guy. He's smart. He's like you. He's smart. He knows his shit. He knows how to do stuff. And so, like, he's, you've, no one's heard of him who's not a lawyer that owns a law firm. But if you're a lawyer that owns a law firm, he's Gary Vaynerchuk. 
right? Got it. And so, like, it's, I mean, his law firm is tripled in size, like, uh, or his agency is tripled in size or something crazy in the last two years. I mean, it's really, the book's only been a, a piece of the puzzle for him. Gary and, and, and James, yeah, I know them both very well. They're doing it for totally different reasons, right? James wants the world to love him. Gary is tr- is running away from his pain by being uh, famous, right? And, and I say that like I would I said it to Gary's face. This is not something I'm saying behind his back, right? And he'll tell I'm building this. I'm building hustle porn. A dude, in the, the word hustle porn was invented for him. He is running from his his feelings. So I, is James, just doing it in a very different way. Dude, I've never heard that word before in my whole life. Oh, and hustle I, porn. That's that's I, Gary Vaynerchuk. Bro, I am addicted to hustle porn. And I love Gary, man. I love he's a great human being. He's brilliant. I love him. That dude is just hustle porning his way through life because as long as he's moving and going forward, he doesn't have to stop and feel. Oh, dude, you just cr- bro, you just t- taught me I have a new addiction. I have hustle porn addiction. Oh, I I was actually wondering if we were going to get to that with you. Oh yeah, dude, is that for the next show? We talked about my hustle porn. If you want to, it's up to you. I, I, I'm going to send you something after this. I'm going to send you a link of something to read. I, I, I don't want to go on that because this is the sort of thing that you may have to slowly ease your way into. It took me a while to figure this out about myself and then start to work on it. It was not easy. Okay. I, like, dude, I've, you just put, okay. First of all, I have my number two strength is communication. And dude, my book is all about why words matter, <laughs> right? The whole book is about using uh, core values, become the language of your life. Cause I believe language creates all the results in your life. So when someone teaches you a new word that hits you in your heart, by the way, you all just saw this just happen. Yeah. I just realized I'm addicted to hustle porn. Yes, you are. You just fucked me up, man. <laughs> you, but here's the thing. You already knew it. All I did was put a word on something you're already feeling. I, that's, that's a big deal <laughs> for me. Yeah. A big deal. Like that's, that is, that is the deal. Like I just, dude, oh, I, I'm sorry. I'm having a moment right here. You just fucked me up. God damn it. I was like, why do I like, I, I swear to God, I'm like, why do I like Gary V so much? I'm like, oh, he's a likable. There's other reasons to like Gary, but yeah, I, I think no. you, you and he both create frenetic energy in order to avoid your feelings. What's better? Most people who do that don't do anything productive. You and Gary do productive shit with it, so that's that's amazing. And most high-level entrepreneurs do that. You know, Bob Glazer, who you talked about, he's the exact same way. John Rulin's the same way. I've yeah. said this. I know all those guys. I've said this to them. I mean, it just is what it is, dude. We're gonna. I gotta have you back on. We gotta chop up some more of this stuff. We just we're just getting warmed up here, dude. So I, I am so grateful to have you in my life and to become your friend and just to, to for everything you've done for me, man. Thank you so much. Thank you, dude. I'm I'm happy to uh, vice versa, dude. Definitely. Um. Well, dude. We're uh, obviously we've been talking all about the biz, but would you want to give the plug on where people can find you or what stuff you guys are working on that people should know about? Yeah, I mean, if if you want to write a book, uh, or if you want to write a book. Go to scribebookschool.com. That's like our free stuff. All everything we did with Darius, everything I taught him in the workshops, it's all in there. It's all in the, the everything that's in the book. If you want to actually work with us, then uh, it's scribewriting.com. Perfect. Um, so guys, uh, we'll drop that in the comments. Um, and and yeah, this was so much fun, brother, dude. So much gratitude. And Thank you, man. Thanks for having me, brother. I really appreciate it. Um, And uh, everyone have a great Friday. Peace.
you are listening to The Greatness Machine, and that's a wrap for today. Listen, if you love what you heard, subscribe to the show on whatever podcast platform that you're tuning in on so that you don't miss any of our future episodes. We have tons of great people coming on, and we're, we're stoked to have you here to enjoy it with us. Leave us a review. Tell us what you love most about this particular episode. We love getting the reviews. We love to see what you guys love most. And if this particular episode you know, made you think of someone who's leveling up in their business and in their life, print screen, share it with them. Leaders are the best givers. And after all, we're all here to support and grow with each other. And in case you want to see some of the fun behind the scenes shots or some of the things that we're doing, I'm actually writing about this in my weekly newsletter. Go to www.therealdarius.com and subscribe to my newsletter. We're talking about fun things like business and life and mindfulness and cryptocurrencies and gosh, I don't even know everything and anything, but it's tons of fun stuff I write about. I try to get it out on a weekly basis. You can subscribe at www.therealdarius.com. And with that said, look, thank you guys so much. I appreciate you. I love you. Peace. We're out of here. See you guys on the next one. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world, and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously, which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you wanna learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join podcast royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you listen to your podcast.